0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, whether you're a fashion enthusiast or an entrepreneur seeking inspiration, this episode promises to deliver some valuable insight and the story behind Chubby's success. So let's get ready to rock and roll. Let's get this one started. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life, prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. My business bros today we're diving into the colorful world of chubbies with one of its co-founders so chubbies is known for its uh it's basically take on men's fashion and its mission to deliver that Friday at five feeling every day and it's taken the uh, fashion world by storm. So join us as we uncover the unique journey of chubbies and it's from its inception um, as a response to traditional fashion to becoming a lifestyle brand that's all about community fun and mental health awareness. So let's welcome to the show Mr. Preston Rutherford. <laughs> All right, Preston, man, Thank the party you. is now ready to begin. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm, I'm so grateful to be here. That The intro was amazing.
0: Hey, man, you got the Friday at five feeling. I'm trying to give you the Friday at five energy. So maybe That's somehow right. together it'll work, right? Exactly. (laughs) all right let's jump into this man first question i always have is uh is the the most obvious one everyone who comes on the show is here to talk about their product service what is it that they offer so for you tell me a little bit about what is chubbies
1: sure it is a men's apparel brand we started it gosh 12 years ago now and um it's the goal, as you said, I mean, you said it so perfectly. The goal is to bring that Friday at Five feeling to everyone who uh, buys a pair of our shorts or just follows us on, on social media. And, um, you know, one of the four co-founders and now the the team is built out by a, a bunch of amazing folks that, uh, you know, they're the ones who are turning it into what it is today. It was um It was acquired in 2021 and and also went public in 2021 as part of a a roll up. And uh, so on the public markets, it's called Solo Brands. And so Solo Stove, which is a smokeless fire pit company, and a few other brands are are part of this four uh, brand uh, roll up company. But uh, yeah, the whole idea is to bring a little bit of levity and fun to your weekend wardrobe, swim trunks, uh, shorts, athletic shorts the general idea is that they're shorter. They harken back to the uh, the 70s and 80s. Now, as you probably know, I mean, shorts in general are more commonly shorter, but when we started it 12 years ago, that was not the case. Uh, so it was a little bit of a, let's try to be the opposite of what existed at the time. And that generally was the guide to much of what we did from a marketing brand building perspective was just let's be the opposite of the status quo. Let's if everything else is stuffy and serious, let's be lighthearted, fun, and um, bring a little bit of levity to things. So that's a little bit about Chubby's.
0: Nice, dude. And and I, I saw a couple pictures. They are very chill, very relaxed, very bright at times, right? Oh, yeah. uh, and, and they look like a lot of fun. And I, I mean, okay, I'll be honest, man. I'm not the type of guy who wears a suit and tie every day. That's just not my gig. And if it was, I'd have to find a way to kind of make it my own. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to show up, uh, you know, suit on top and shorts on the bottom. But you definitely make a good case for some of the fun stuff that that you come up with. Um, tell me about like your background. How did you decide to get into fashion? I mean, you could have probably done a number of different things.
1: My goodness. I, you know, I don't know if I could have done a number of different things. I appreciate that kind of statement, but uh, it seems like this is all I'm, uh, or all I was uh, set out to do or fit to do, but, uh, went to school with three other really good friends and we were working out of college for other people and, sort of like four or five years, we realized, gosh, we would love the opportunity to start something to create something from scratch and, and work for ourselves. And that idea was extremely attractive to us. We didn't know exactly what we wanted to do. And so we were searching. And it just so happened that all of us had some experience, I wouldn't say like professional experience, but more personal experience with shorter shirts. So, I played rugby in college. Two of the other guys played soccer in college. Uh, the fourth guy was from the Southeast, where shorter shorts are in general more common. Um, but, you know, we wanted to bring something that was fun and different to the world, as I mentioned before. And, you know, none of us studied computer science in college. So, you know, that was off the table in terms of creating the next, you know, billion dollar social media app. So we thought the next best thing was to just start selling shorts on the internet. And that's, you know, that's what we did. We started really small, you know, nights and weekends uh, while we still had our other jobs. But, um, you know, got to a place where some folks were, were buying the stuff. We, we, we started in um, the Bay area in San Francisco, and this was the time when that square card reader, I feel so old talking about it. The square <laughs> card reader had just come out. No Venmo, no square cash. It was the actual card reader, which was a huge innovation at the time because we would just you know be wearing the product and we'd actually have, we had maybe 20 pairs that we'd made at the time, but we carried them in our backpacks just as we were going out and about in the city uh, in San Francisco, which is where we grew up. And, um, and at the time, you know, you didn't have to have cash. You could actually swipe your credit card and buy a product. And, you know, that's how it got started. Just sort of like old fashioned in-person selling product to folks. So that that's a little bit about sort of like my background, how we got started.
0: Nothing fuels the entrepreneurial dream, like a sale, right? You have an idea, you bring it to life. That part can be exciting. But when you take it to market and somebody says, hey, I like that, let me get one of those and they actually pay you for it, oh man, that's the fuel you need to keep going. Because I'd imagine working nights, working weekends, still having your full-time job and trying to launch a business, that has gotta be, super tough. And that's the reason why a lot of people don't do it right. Because it's that extra time. And I'd rather be watching Netflix or going to the beach, enjoying the shorts than actually making all those pairs of shorts. Right. Totally. So take me back to those first early couple days. What was it like? I mean, you're 12 years down the road now, but you know, there's people who want to get started in a gig right now, something like that. What was some of the, some of those hurdles that you had to overcome early on to get to where you are today?
1: Sure. Great question. I'd say the biggest thing that was a help in dealing with all of the stuff that you inevitably deal with when you're taking something from nothing to something was just having three other co-founders, just other people in it with you who can keep the momentum going. Because it's just so hard to keep momentum going, momentum up when, when you're starting something, right? Because it's mm-hmm. you don't even know what you don't know. And so you're just learning as you go so having those three other co-founders uh, i just feel so blessed was such a gift because there was if if one of us was down the three others or two others were always there just to kind of like bring us back up and keep things going and could present a new idea um, and things like that but um i think one of the other things that i would say outside of the co-founders was just the idea that we felt like the thing that we were doing needed to exist and that the world would be better because of that and that it was just missing and so there was a mission component to it as well where whether it sounds funny or not it kind of felt like it was bigger than us to a certain degree to where it's just like okay yeah, just figure it out you know put it out there just see what happens so i'd say those were the two things the co-founders just to keep you going and then this idea that this once we kind of figured out what we were going to do you know this has to exist. Uh, there isn't anything like this. Um, and so both from a product perspective and from just a, a vibe or brand perspective, it just felt like both of those things being novel and being, in our opinion, objectively better than what existed, you know, it was kind of incumbent upon us to bring it to the world. And so therefore, let's just forget all of this stuff, acknowledge that it's going to be hard and just do it.
0: What about scaling that up? So I mean it's not I mean, you can make some money when you have them in your backpack and you're selling them with Square, right? Yes, you're making some sales and yeah, it feels good. And yeah, maybe you're a little bit of profit when it comes to the cost of goods versus what you net after the sale. Sure, But you weren't making a living at that point, right? At that point, it's it's not really an income that you're super proud of, but you're building it to that. What was that process like? Gosh, it was
1: crazy. A lot of pre-sales you know so this was like an e-commerce business right so you could well it started as in person as I said but then it transitioned to e-commerce so then at that point you know we didn't have cash to fund production so we had to do pre-sales and pre-sales are just a a wonderful thing I mean they can also be horrible and we learned a little bit of that but they could be great for getting cash in in the short term and you could build up buzz and uh, you know we tried to build buzz as inexpensively as possible so starting with our friends in person stuff uh, we reached out to folks at uh on college campuses that was a place where we thought we could reach some folks get some college ambassadors who would then tell their communities and you know things like that that got us to a place where we could just try to build up buzz for a particular launch do a pre-sale and that was a great way to bring in cash as i mentioned there are some downsides and so you because we were new to this whole thing, we ran into some issues on the production side. And that letting down customers by missing a date was really tough. So, you know, we did have to go out. We went to, gosh, 60 of our closest friends and family members and raised roughly 10K per person. And that gave us a little bit of cash to be able to actually make product and then sell it to people where we could ship it to them that day or the next day. And so then that was a huge, uh, sort of like step function growth for us at that point where, you know, cause people don't want to wait three, four months to get a product. No. Uh, so then, you know, that was sort of like the delivery components of, of the scaling. And then outside of that, you know, social media as weird as it sounds. Some of the stuff was it was like wild Wild West stuff. So you know Instagram was barely a thing. TikTok didn't exist. you know none of these things really existed. It was mostly Facebook and getting Facebook likes oddly enough was a thing. And so you could do a bunch of fun, crazy promo, kind of like, you know, guerrilla marketing, growth hacking sort of things. And we did all of it. We explored everything. You know, there were just a bunch of different opportunities if you just got deep in it and got creative to gain following really quickly and really inexpensively. And we tried to do all of that in an ethical fashion, of course. Uh, But, you know, you could do fun stuff and, and you could also just get your story out in a fun way as well. And so that was, I think, step one of the scaling. And then I think step two was just really trying to figure out how to use the paid component of these, you know, social media platforms to distribute our our ads, distribute our content. And always trying to, you know, have the highest standards of content, trying to never look like an ad, trying to be the best, funniest thing, even if it was an ad, that someone saw that day so that they would share it with their friends and, and you know those were the things that i think helped separate us um you know signal from the noise sort of thing just by investing so much time and effort in in not doing the easy thing from a content creation perspective but trying to do the hard thing and really investing in things like funny product names funny product descriptions you know just really investing in every single detail so that we would just set ourselves apart stand out from Because we're some commodities, man. I mean, you can get shorts anywhere. There's no patent on this thing. There's no technological advantage. You know, there's nothing. So all we have is that mental association we build in the in the mind uh, that is the brand. And so, starting to just figure out how to scale that, get that message out, get the just make people laugh. At the end of the day, was really what our focus was: bring that levity, that weekend feeling to folks, that Friday at five feeling, as I mentioned. You know, that was sort of like what we were devoted to outside of just trying to make really good product. You know, at the beginning, we had product quality issues, too. So, like, a lot of people would uh, either go to the gym and try to work out in our shorts or go to the bars and maybe they'd try a dance move or something. And they'd split the seam at the crotch. And so, you know, a lot of this stuff was happening in the early days. Where it was like, oh, man, we've got so much to work on. But people gave us grace. You know, they gave us the benefit of the doubt. Uh, So those are a couple of the sort of like early points around scaling.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, growing a brand is not the easiest thing in the world. And I think the approach that you guys took is is fantastic. And it takes longer than people think, right? I mean, you only had right. so many funds to throw at at paid ads to force your content in front of people. You needed a way to make it organic. And I think having that fun, exactly. you know, copy, having the fun uh, names of your products, having people, you know, split the seams probably <laughs> in some videos <laughs> or some user-generated content That's that right. definitely brings that, that uh, brand uh, loyalty up. But I think it also creates a community around your product or service. Um, and in your case, around around the shorts. Uh, what have you experienced when it comes to your community? And I know I mentioned earlier in the intro that it's also about helping with mental health. How has building that brand kind of brought that together for you?
1: It's all about the community. I mean, we are so, that's probably the coolest thing just looking back on a, I mean, in 50 years or whatever, I don't know how long humans are going to live hundred years, just looking back on this experience, that's what the community is the coolest thing. And I mean, um, UGC wasn't really a thing 15 years ago, 12 years ago, it was very, very new, but to see over the years, the thousands and thousands and thousands of, um, Just social media posts tagged chubbies where people are just living the weekend and having more fun because of the bright you mentioned shorts that we have or how the the shorts help them feel a little bit more confident a little bit more fun a little bit more um able to you know express themselves feel the joy of the weekend feel more comfortable seeing that show up and seeing the impact and and how it evolved over time because when we started gosh we were mid-20s. And and then we started having our own kids, building our own families. And then to see that reflected in the community, the evolution of the community, because it's like a living, breathing thing. But yeah, the community is everything. I mean, we call it the Chubster Nation. And um, it was just a a bunch of folks who were excited about having a little bit of fun in life. And we just try to make it as easy as possible. I mean, our goal was to make our customers feel like heroes. So we did everything we could to do that. And social media was an amazing tool to be able to do that. I mean, and at the time you could reach effectively all of your audience organically. So, I mean, just, just the dynamics were completely crazy and different from what they are now, but to be able to get a you know user submitted photo in and then just one of the things we did was just like write funny made up stories that was the story that supported that photo, even though we knew nothing about it, right? And then post it, and then they would just love it, and they would think it was so cool, and they'd share it with their friends. But doing that time and time again, I think, was huge. We just tried to give back as much as we could to what they were given to us and really turned it into a a relationship. Another point in the community, like we did, um, and it was very self-serving too because it was very fun. We did a tailgate tour where we went through the... Uh, the southeast and went to a bunch of tailgates at sec football games right college football games nice. and got to meet a bunch of our customers because in the southeast there was a very strong sort of like customer contingent and just being able to interact with so many of our customers or potential customers live and being able to we, we decked that tour bus you know just outside and inside and towed a like a 50 foot television that people could watch the game that they didn't go inside the game just to create that ideal weekend experience, barbecuing, stuff like that. So doing a lot to just try to build that community, because that's that's one of the things as you talk about building a brand and doing things organically. That's one of the things that creates resilience, resilient revenue, revenue that's there, whether or not you run really high quality paid social ads that convert on, an, on one day or another day. You know, that's that's kind of like that. SaaS subscription type revenue, and that's not the only reason why you do it, but that's one of the main benefits of building a strong community like that. And then your point on mental health—I mean, that's fundamentally one of the main reasons why we started the business in the first place. I mean, we graduated college in two thousand eight—a uh, you know global recession. None of us could really get jobs. You know, it was wild, and it was very stressful. Especially, you know, you graduate college. Like what are you going to everyone's asking you what you're going to do with your life what um you know what jobs you're looking at and i was like ah, a lot of it, we were just sort of like i don't i don't know you know i i personally had to just join a company that was started by one of my roommates as a as a effectively an unpaid intern and luckily it turned into a job but it was just hard you know it was hard at that time and we then went went through it and it continued to be hard for the next four years until we started Jobbies. And so one of those things was, gosh, we would love to, again, consistent with this idea of trying to be the opposite of what existed at the time with the status quo, we are like, let's let's just completely get out of the idea of stress around work. Mm -hmm. And not just around what happened with the financial crisis, but just the whole idea of being a young professional and having to try to come across in a certain way uh, we would talk about sort of like the the shackles of pants uh, and having to wear slacks to work and being handcuffed to your cubicle and TPS reports. All this stuff where we could just sort of like poke fun at traditional work and the stress of work to try to, again, bring a little bit of that feeling of Friday at five to the Monday through Friday. And OK, so that's all backdrop for fundamentally it's about mental health it's about having um for us it was being able to get out of the stress and anxiety of being something that either society or at least we thought society says that we should be or we should be accomplishing certain things by this time in our life or you know we're not as we compare ourselves across this person or this person that i see on instagram or on youtube you know i'm not doing good enough all of these sorts of things that that affects us, in fact, all of us, I think, uh, were things that we just wanted to address because our our core of our brand message was just be who you are, accept yourself. We welcome everyone into this brand that is the weekend. Weekend is for everybody. And it is the time when you are in control of your schedule for most of us, right? Some of us obviously work on, on weekends, but whatever that means for you, right? And so that was then very consistent with the Charities that we would support throughout uh, the life of our business, because we, we were lucky enough to be able to support a variety over time and still do, but then getting to you know, what we're doing with mental health, with the foundation and things like that. Um, just a very consistent and natural progression for, I think, the things that were fundamental underpinnings for why we started the business in the first place. And that's what we wanted it to be, just a very kind of authentic, Okay, how can we give back? This is what makes the most sense given who we are, what we stand for, why we started the business in the first place. Um, and it's it's our view that with a bit of levity, with a bit of fun, with a bit of focus on you know our agency and our freedom on the weekends and this time to create real memories in person is one of those things that we think can kind of like, you know build up. Um, build up our mental fitness. We don't even have to call it mental health, just our mental fitness.
0: It was a tough time, man. 2008 was rough for sure. There's a lot of people who were struggling, and I feel like we're kind of going through it in the opposite sense today. Back then, things were going on the downturn, and today we have inflationary periods, but it makes it just as difficult for people to go out and make a living. So oh, wow. I totally understand you know, what, what people are going through then, what we went through then. They're kind of feeling it now. They do need that camaraderie. And it's funny because I'm as I'm listening to your story, Um, And you have your boys and you guys went to college together and you're over here having fun making this brand. I can't I can't help but think in my head of impractical jokers like you literally get (laughs) to hang out with your boys, have fun and create a lifestyle around a business that you that you enjoy doing together. I mean, that's the ideal dream. And I think a lot of times entrepreneurs struggle with that. They start off with this vision of what they want. But they get trapped in the I gotta make my bills, I gotta, you know, make sure I'm cash flow positive, and all these different things that happen in business, and they get stuck, right? And having your boys there to kind of help you work through some of the issues, solve some of those problems, do some of the work that is necessary, it kind of gives you that push forward. And I know oftentimes they say you shouldn't work with the family or whatever, but you know what. These are your boys right it's a little bit different and it, it worked out for you you know 12 years down the road here you are uh much more successful than you were when you first began so if people want to find out more about the Chubby's community they want to find out more about maybe grabbing a pair of shorts themselves how can they do that
1: sure chubbies shorts.com c-h-u-b-b-i-e-s and then the word shorts.com and um let us know. Let us know what you think about them. Let us know if you like them. would love any feedback. But yeah, that's where you can find uh, chubbies if you're looking for a pair of shorts. We're getting into spring and summer. It's raining here in California today, but that won't last for too much longer. So the timing is perfect.
0: Ooh, you're in Northern California, so it hasn't hit me yet. I'm in San Diego. It's gonna hit you first, and then gradually right. come down. But we're gonna get some That's of right. that rain too. So, so yeah, and it's always a beautiful day here in San Diego. So exactly. uh, even even when it even nice. when it rains, yeah, we we don't. Uh, we don't really complain because it happens very rarely. So if right. you're in San Diego, actually if you're just in any kind of sunny state, you want that five, uh, that Friday at five feeling. Make sure you guys go to the website. It's ChubbyShorts.com. ChubbyShorts.com. Scrolling across the bottom, get it, get yourself a pair of fun shorts. Dr. Lauren Michael Harris is over here talking about this. is a great conversation. Saying hello to you, beautiful people. I'm sure he's probably going to go and check out the shorts himself. Uh, he has got a podcast himself. I've, I've talked to him pretty fashionable guy so i think he'll enjoy it as well and uh yeah chubbies shorts.com ladies and gentlemen preston thank you very much for coming on the program today ladies and gentlemen it's time for you guys to relax you can have that friday at five fielding every single day of the week if you get yourself a pair of chubbies ladies and gentlemen we'll catch you guys on the next one peace and we're out thank you it's over go home is your business in need of marketing